Hello, and welcome to Silent Designers, a podcast about the under-the-radar design activity which goes on in many organisations, even though it's not necessarily seen as design, or even necessarily done by designers. Each month, we're talking to an expert guest to share their knowledge, the impact that the designers had on what they do in their domain. I'm Steve Welsh from Innovate UK KTN, and I'd like to introduce my co-host, Catherine Wildman, founder of B2B copywriting agency, Hayden Gray. Hi, Steve. Thank you for the introduction. In today's episode of Silent Designers, we are going to be exploring the theme of healthy living and technologies. And we're going to be talking to Tom Inns. He is director of consultancy CoFink. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Excellent. Tom, thanks for joining us. How about we start by you telling us a bit about yourself and the area of innovation that you work in? Okay, great. Thanks, Steve. So I am Tom Inns. Uh, I work with CoThink, where I help facilitate collaborative thinking in a wide range of sectors. I'm also a visiting professor at the University of Strathclyde, and I'm working with Innovate UK as one of the coaches on the Design for Growth program. So uh, my interest, my obsession, if you like, is the role that design plays in helping teams understand uh, complex challenges, helping them in that phase of discovery and helping them innovate and deliver change. And those teams come in many different forms, but many of them have those silent designers that are the theme of the podcast, I think. That leads me beautifully into my um, first question, Tom, which is, can you tell us how you use design in the area and why is it important to innovation? Well, uh, let's kind of stick to the theme of uh, health. So a lot of my work is in the area of healthcare. So I work in two ways. I work with healthcare teams, those people, the clinicians, the healthcare professionals who work inside our uh, healthcare service. They are actually very good at innovating in a way. They have a kind of paradigm of quality improvement that uh, drives a lot of healthcare improvement. But actually, when you kind of dig into that, um, there is a kind of old portfolio of methods and approaches that are missing. Uh, and those are the ones that come with uh, design thinking. So in healthcare, we like to be patient focused, but a lot of that quality improvement um, uh, portfolio doesn't really tell us about, about patients and service user journeys and doesn't tell us an awful lot about um, having empathy with patients and understanding their their journeys from a sort of ethnographic point of view. So immediately you can see there there's an awful lot that can be brought on board with uh, the application of some design thinking approaches. But interestingly, um, the people who design healthcare services are silent designers. You, if you're a GP, you're the person who designs the GP services. If you're a clinician working in a hospital, you are the person who designs those services. You're the person with the expertise you need to be upskilled in design approaches uh, and those design approaches need to come alongside the approaches you've got from quality improvement. So it's kind of really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting place for design thinking. Do you think these people are aware that they need skilling and that enough people are aware that and maybe they wouldn't see design as we would, but that they're, they're in an area where there is a body of work that they could learn from? Oh, I, I think... I think levels of awareness obviously vary. Um, I think, if I think very broadly about healthcare, I think there is a kind of growing understanding that existing paradigms of quality improvement in healthcare can only take you so far. Uh, quality improvement tends to 
drill down into more and more detail. And uh, as I say, it doesn't necessarily have the voice of patients within it. Uh, within contemporary healthcare, there's much more of a need to see the system as a whole. So that's where you kind of design thinking comes in and actually systems thinking comes in too. And so there is a whole set of approaches, which I think um, there's an awful lot of appetite for in that sector. So I think it's a very interesting one from that point of view. I know, Tom, that you you talk about systemic challenges. What what sort of challenges are you looking at when you're thinking in terms of design thinking? Where where do you even begin with something like like That's, a healthcare system? Well, in healthcare systems, we've been uh, through my research projects at the University of Strathclyde and through the um, the practice of co-think, we've been developing new methods. So one of them is to map out a visual ecosystem of healthcare pathways. It sounds very very complicated. But basically, um, healthcare professionals, it's a bit like looking at a tube map. A tube map has the Victoria line, the Central line, the Piccadilly line. They all interact with each other. They all sit inside a much more complex system called Transport for London. And, you know, as a person traveling around London, you you travel around that transport system, um, taking your journey with you, depending on what it is you want to do in London on that particular day. Well, healthcare is exactly the same. It's made up of pathways, the cardiology pathway, the respiratory pathway. They all uh, intersect and interact with each other. But if you're inside healthcare, you don't see the system very often. You just see the pathway that you're in, which is great. You can improve your pathway, but you can't improve your equivalent of transport for London. So you have to visualize it. The tube map is an abstract version of um, what the actual underground system looks like. It doesn't look like that geographically. And it's it's, it's kind of quite a high level visualization. But if you can create that visualization for healthcare professionals, then that acts as a fantastic um, focus point for everyone to collaborate. And that's where the kind of collaborative thinking comes in. I see uh, design's role as being really as much about bringing um, teams together as it is about um, being kind of human-centered in what you do. So that's a kind of example of how I take a kind of systemic approach. And I've done that, uh, you know, next week I'm in Northern Ireland. I've been working with the urgent unscheduled team at the, the Hul- Ulster Hospital over in the Southeast Health and Social Care Trust. So we're, we're looking at their maps that we've been constructing over the last two, three months. And they are in desperate need of um, finding some solutions for this autumn, for this winter, in order to sort out um, urgent unscheduled care and the flows of patients. So if you have the map, you can begin to understand those flows. You can understand, you know, if you think about it as a tube map, how you can begin to think about those passenger journeys. And the same is true for patient journeys. That's fascinating. Thank you. So everybody basically needs the Elizabeth line. You need the Elizabeth likes it cuts through everything. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. It probably takes you straight through to the emergency department, which is not what they want in urgent and unscheduled care. Brilliant. Very good. Thank you. That's a great visualisation. I was thinking also uh, some of the people we've talked to in this series say they're applying design in, in ultimately what is a passion project of their own, um, which is quite different from your role where you're helping many people, clients and, and others with this. How do you think that changes your approach? And you know, does it make things easier or harder? Well, it's a, that's a really interesting question. I work in so many different sectors. I, I, as I say, it's a lot in healthcare, but I've worked in the third sector. I've helped a conservation charity recently in Kenya, Save the Elephants, all the way through to uh, local authorities and universities. But my passion is always the same thing. It's this whole process of how do you 
get a team to collaborate and, and what's the role of design tools and design process in, in that. And every time I run a project, I probably learn as much as the team does about how that works. And that's what absolutely fascinates me. It's about kind of pushing the boundaries, coming up with those new methods. So my passion is, as I say, evolving methodologies to uh, to support that collaboration. You know, and and the the healthcare ecosystem mapping um, tool is a kind of the perfect example of that. That's where I get my kicks. It's from, yeah, it's it's, it's from kind of nudging the methodology, if you like. Yeah, no, I, I get that, and there's there's certainly a kind of pleasure. I suppose it's a bit like if you were watching somebody else painting a fence, you can see the bits they've missed quicker than they can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, always very easy to be a philosopher in someone else's land, and I think that kind of that fresh perspective is really, really important. And um, you know, I, I take great pleasure from that. And usually, it's about connecting people together who haven't been working together and kind of forging that connection, that collaboration. That, that's where. And then, yeah. as you say, a lot of the projects I run, I'm with people for six to 12 months so you do get the opportunity to see the impact of that as they kind of develop their own solutions so it, yeah it's, it's it's very rewarding actually from that point of view i know that you're one of the coaches for magnetic which is the design for growth delivered by innovate uk edge could you tell us a little bit more about about that work that you're doing okay well the um design for growth program has been running for just over 24 months now so uh it's an innovate uk program providing specialist design support largely to startups, but some of them are scale-ups. Um, and it's delivered by a team of coaches who work with Magnetic. Um, so Magnetic have evolved the service over the last 24 months, and we're now into cohort 10. Um, I look after a lot of the healthcare companies. So these are companies that are looking to bring uh, either digital products or uh, physical products into healthcare. They're, they're outside the healthcare system, if you like. A lot of them are actually led by clinicians who are teaming up with uh, technologists to uh, develop these new interventions which will improve healthcare. So I help them very much um, along the lines of really getting them to understand the service user journeys associated with their product. So that seems to be one of the big themes for the coaching work that I do with them. So in healthcare, there's many different service user journeys. There's the journey of the patient, but we also have to think about the um, people in the care system and, and how they use the products and service. And you also have to think about how they're procured in the first place. So how these products and services commissioned, how do you get your new product or service to integrate with the systems that are already there, the legacy systems, if you like. And a lot of the legacy systems in healthcare are not um, 21st century and cutting edge. So that's a kind of interesting challenge in itself, right? So I've met many different healthcare companies along the way and um, had some extremely interesting coaching interactions with them. Some of them are kind of physical products. So one of the... Um, one of the great ones is, is a, uh, a trumpet that's been designed by the team at Tutti Toot. Um, it's designed by a team that have um, musical expertise. They're uh, a team of musicians and uh, designers. They've created this amazing product, a physical product, which helps uh, children suffering from uh, asthma and other breathing disorders. The product has uh, been worked and developed with a clinical team. Um, and it's there to help those children and, and young people practice their breathing exercises, which you have to do if you are suffering from some of these conditions. So it's connected up to an app, uh, which um, gives you your cycle of breathing exercises, but everything is connected to um, musical patterns. So you, you learn to play the instrument, 
you create music, you create music as part of a community with your peers, uh, and it's all part of um, a kind of new form of clinical practice, which has been developed with the team. So that's at the kind of physical end. Many of the other products that, uh, and services that have been developed um, and supported through Design for, for Growth are things like apps and sort of digital interventions, largely around connecting people to data and information to help them in their healthcare journey. So extremely interesting spectrum of innovation out there in the UK when it comes to uh, healthcare innovation and technologies, everything from the physical product through to um, digital interactions and support and interventions for healthcare. And so very practical as well. It, when you take, when you're thinking about the, the vision that you gave us at the Tube Map, which is extraordinarily helpful and you can picture what you're talking about, but then you can imagine a child actually getting stuck in and involved and enjoying their recovery or managing their condition because of some creative thinking that's come in. It's extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, the 2 I think, is, is amazing from that point of view because it is the genuine fusion of um, uh, the STEM and the arts, if you like. There's a, there's uh, certainly technology behind it, digital technology. There's the kind of clinical setting. It's clinically proven, uh, but it also has that uh, amazing input of the, you know, the creative genius of the team that are kind of driving that innovation. So it's, it's really interesting to see that fusion. And it's great to see the smiles it brings to the faces of those people who, you know, had the drudgery before of breathing into kind of clinical devices, which they had to breathe into 50 times at exactly the same rate in order to kind of perform their kind of medication each night. So the TT2 trumpet has transcribed, has kind of transformed that, or is about to transform that. The joys of gamification. Indeed, yeah. And that's part of the app, I think, gamification app. Excellent. That's brilliant. Um, we're coming to the end of our time today, Tom. Um, thank you very much for being here. I know Steve has one more question to ask you. Well, I don't know if this is going to be the easiest or the hardest question, but what a fantastic spread of people you work with and, and lots of innovation opportunities you've seen. You're working innovation. What one piece of advice would you give to somebody who wanted to incorporate design thinking into what they do? Great question, Steve. Well, I've got one piece of advice that kind of breaks down into um, three workouts, if you like. So I think if you want to bring design thinking, systems thinking into your work, what you've got to do is develop some of the mental gymnastics associated with design thinking. So it is to do with new ways of thinking about things. So I'll give you three simple mental workouts that you can go away and practice. Okay, so workout one is don't jump to solutions. Always up start by asking yourself what is the problem or unmet need and then blast it with something like how might we solve this so then ask yourself the question but always go back to the needs or problems all the time i meet people who are jumping to solutions in healthcare everyone's a type a person and has a kind of list of solutions but you've got to go back to the problem or unmet, unmet need workout two is when you're looking for solutions always look to the left and think what have others done in my sector? And always look to the right and say, what have others done in other sectors? So what else is like this? Don't reinvent the wheel. So there's so much that's being done already. And again, half the time, we're just not aware of what's the left and the right. And the final workout is learn to zoom in and out. So just think about Google Maps. Google Maps shows us a city, it shows us a suburb, it shows us a street. You can go down into someone's back garden, you can go inside their shed practically. And what you need to do is you need to think about that in the context of your own business. Learn to visualize your own business and your own organization in the same way. 
what's the system it sets in, what's the kind of ecosystem of services and products that you have, what are the individual products. And think about Google Maps. In Google Maps, in the bottom right-hand corner, you've got that little yellow figure that you can pull into the map, and that takes you into street view. So do the same thing with your systems. Take that little yellow figure and put them into your system map, and that shows you what the customer experience is like. Because the customer doesn't see the system. The customer just faces you with all of those touch points all the time. And that's what Street View is. Street View is the touch points as you navigate around a Google map. So three workouts for you. Don't jump to solutions. Ask what else is like this. And um, just kind of begin to think in Google Maps terms about your own situation. And I think if you take on board those three little pieces of mental gymnastics, you'll be... Uh, you'll be motoring when it comes to design and systems thinking. That's lovely. Yes, it's great advice and very clearly expressed. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, so thank, thank you so much for that. We've learned, again, as always, we've learned a lot today and some su superb examples and some things to think about, especially about about the systems and almost systems of systems and, and understanding how they lock together. So thank you for that. Um, thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing all your insights with us. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Enjoyed the chat. So thank you very much for inviting me along. This podcast has been produced by the Design in Innovation Network, which is sponsored and supported by Innovate UK. So if you want to find out more about design and innovation and gain access to other interesting people, just sign up to the network. And we'll see you next time on Silent Designers.